was hungry. Oh, shit. Welcome to Fan Ramen. The official podcast of Black Ramen. We're a hungry rock band who writes epic music for film and games. And we're here to read your fan fiction. I'm Lindy. May I take your order? I'm Ralph Wasabi. Behind the board is our awesome sound guy. And sound samurai. The, the Asian, Asian sensation, sensation Kevin. You know the weirdest part about voice acting? The actors. <laughs> you get rewarded for talking to yourself. How many people out there admit that they talk to themselves? I asked myself that question and I replied to myself, no, I don't. <laughs> we, have a, we have a Pokemon <laughs> fic from Silver Storm Zero. And that's a number, so if you want to search for them, it's S-I-L-V-E-R-S-T-O-R-M number zero. This fic is called Contest Chaos, which is kind of a tongue twister because I, I just did a bunch of outtakes and said constant chaos about eight times. I am the very model of a modern major general. I am the very model of a modern major general. Uh, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York. Okay, uh, so, Ralph, don't kill your tongue. <laughs> so, con <laughs> Contest Chaos can be found on Archive of Our Own, or check out our show notes for a link to the story. You'll definitely want to give this author some kudos. cheers exploded from the audience, nearly drowning out the last of the announcer's speech, but it hadn't mattered anyways. There was no stopping the flood of voices, each trying to outdo the others, trying to grab her attention. Flowers were thrown, some single stems, others complete bouquets. She grabbed a rose out of the air, making a show of sniffing it, then blew a kiss out to the general direction it had come from. Multiple shrieks, hopefully of joy. Something nudged her hand, and she glanced down to her side. There was Absol, nuzzling her side, the beautiful Pokemon looking just as happy as she. The roaring of the crowd lulled a little, and she took the opportunity to act. Making a show of pinning the ribbon to Absol's sash, she curtsied and tossed the flower out into the sea of indistinguishable faces. Hands reached up, all in hope of catching it. The cheering crescendoed again with renewed ferocity. The teleprompter displayed a message in blocky neon letters. Bow and exit stage left! She, the three former semifinalists, and all their Pokemon bowed to the audience, then were waved off stage by one of the stagehands. As usual, she went directly into the main lobby to talk to her fans, but this time it was different. The moment she set foot in the room, she was hounded by dozens upon dozens of people like never before. It was a chaotic whirlwind of faces, signatures, hands reaching out to shake hers. In the end, she would only clearly remember the image of a small child who was near tears with joy. One of the few who had brought a gift for Absol, a pretty blue bow. Said Pokemon was overjoyed, insisting it be put on immediately. She allowed the child to tie it around the base of her Pokemon's horn. 
Soon enough, though, the crowd became pushy, competing for her as they had with their voices. Someone grabbed her wrist. A startling cry from Absol brought that to an abrupt end. The graceful quadrupedal Pokemon pacing in front of her glaring daggers, practically daring them to approach again. And the crowd was suddenly reminded of the Pokemon's long, almost talon-like claws and the sharp horn on her head. But it wouldn't last forever. A plan of action came to mind. Absol, use Perish Song! First, the white Pokemon's voice soothed the crowd with a haunting yet pretty tune. However, it soon became discordant, each note clashing with the others, and people began covering their ears and sinking to their knees, their energy sapped by the sound. The effects, already ineffective against humans, were diluted by the background noise and would only last a few minutes after Absol had stopped. She had to be quick. But it wasn't helping that her strength was also waning. When the opening came, she made a break for the exit through the weakened wall of bodies. She cursed the size of the contest hall as they ran. There were so many spectators clogging the way, and the layout was already confusing enough as it was. Absol couldn't have properly sung while running, and the warbling it caused was enough to disrupt the song's properties, and her other attacks would either actually hurt people or cause property damage. The commotion her fans were causing was attracting more attention from the bystanders, who were starting to follow as well. She was chased around in a near-complete circle, ending up back where she started near the entrance to the performer's dressing room and lounge. The veritable horde of people and Pokémon trying to glomp her had nearly caught up. She was tired, her side ached, her feet hurt, and Absol had disappeared partway through, perhaps swallowed by the crowd. She couldn't keep the pace, they were going to catch her. Just as she passed the hall, something caught her arm, and she was dragged into a shallow alcove just out of view from the main lobby. The mob carried on, chasing someone who wasn't there anymore. Hand clamped over her mouth, preventing any sound from coming out. She struggled, desperate to escape, but they had an iron grip around her. Calm down, May. It's just me. May froze, recognizing the voice, and felt her racing pulse slow. Slowly, she relaxed, and the person released her. She turned. Brendan? Her friend grinned, evidently having fun with her confusion. What, not happy to see me even after I just totally just saved you? His grin turned smug. I could have handled it, she insisted, crossing her arms and turning her head away from him. And I didn't expect to see you here. Oh, that's cold. (laughs) He mocked, shivering, rubbing his arms. And for your information, Absol didn't seem to think so. Absol, where is she? May panicked, whipping around, trying to find sight of her friend guilty at the thought of losing track of her. Whoa, May, do you want to attract that horde out there? Brendan caught hold of her arm again, forcing her to stand still. As much as she didn't want to admit it, he had a point. Fine. She subsided. Just tell me where she is. This way. Brendan turned into the hall and waved for her to follow. Even after the months since she had last seen him, he hadn't changed all that much. Same backpack, same jacket, same white hat that had the little tufts on top. 
he led May to the lounge where the performers rested in between their times on stage. It was comfortable, to say the least, with puffy chairs and couches around a glass coffee table to one side of the room, a buffet with mostly empty platters of desserts and hors d'oeuvres. A large screen was mounted in a clear view of all the seats, currently turned off, where the performances were streamed. Absol! Practically tackled the Pokemon who had previously been pacing back and forth by the table. That Pokemon of yours is pretty smart, Brendan commented, sitting on one of the chair arms. She found me, and since you and your partners are attached at the hip, I knew something had to be wrong. Thank you, Absol. May murmured into her friend's alabaster fur, who barked affectionately. What, I don't get any appreciation? I suppose you earned it, she sighed, standing and turning to him. She took a couple steps forward, so their faces were only a few inches apart. He clearly wasn't expecting that as he blushed. What? May started, patting his head, a mischievous smile on her lips. Good job, Brendan. May, he yelled as she backed off, a whining note in his voice. You did ask for appreciation. (laughs) She laughed, to which Absol seemed to snigger. And who wouldn't want to be thanked by moi? May exaggerated, placing her hand over her chest, playing up the hubris. Your ego's getting bigger by the day, Brandon groaned before hopping off the chair. Where are you going? She asked, tilting her head quizzically. Leaving. He tossed the word over his shoulder, not bothering to turn. But that's the staff exit. He did look back that time, a dumbfounded look on his face. So, you want to try to get past your rabid friends again? Point taken, May sighed. So, I'm going with you. Why would you, oh great May, want to hang with a nobody like me? Brendan asked, words riddled with good-natured sarcasm. A nobody who also just happens to be the newest champion of Hoenn, she replied cheekily, ducking into her changing room to change and grab her bag. So you heard? And I thought I was being sneaky, the champion pouted. Norman called a few weeks ago. May rolled her eyes, not that he could see. Shouldering the backpack, her contest clothes were in as she adjusted her fanny pack. Content with her state of apparel, she left the room. Why do parents always ruin my fun? He grumbled, still sulking. I wanted to tell you myself. Anyway, you've got the story to tell. If you do, lunch is on me. May offered Brandon her hand. You bet. He grinned, taking it. of the longest-running franchises yet. I feel like it should be. Well, if logic has anything to do with it, Mr. Spock would beg to differ. This next story is called Choices in the Storm by Ulysses underscore Quanta. This story is prompt-driven. The prompt came from the Reddit fanfiction community. Sylphanus wrote this prompt in the Discord channel. This happened by pure chance, but we already featured Sylphanus back in episode two. Extra shout out to the authors who are active, both writing stories and prompts. Rock on, you guys. Yep. 
All right, Ralph, go ahead, tell them what the prompt is. Okay. The rain is hammering against the window, and outside, the sky is dark. Inside, a decision is about to be made. Thunderclouds rolled across the night sky above the beach, sending rain skittering across the ground, hammering against the windows of the professor's laboratory. Lightning bolts danced along the clouds and occasionally arced downward towards the ground, accompanied by the rumble of thunder. Lily paid it no mind, continuing to read her book. During the first few storms, she had been terrified, clutching her Clefairy doll and trying to avoid screaming too loudly to not wake the poor professor up. Over time, and thanks to her recent adventures across Alola, she managed to overcome that particular fear. However, she was drawn out of her reading by a gentle knocking at the door. Lily climbed down the ladder from the loft and made her way over to the door, curious as to who the visitor could be at this time. Professor Kukui was currently on Akala Island, spending time with Professor Burnett, so it couldn't be him. Lily's questions were answered when she opened the door to be greeted by the sight of a shivering and utterly drenched sun. Sun! She yelled in surprise, gesturing him to come in. By the taboo, what's happened to you? She asked as she closed the door, turning to look at the figure who now stood in front of her. Who went mantine surfing? Sun said lamely. Lily noticed that Sun wasn't dressed in his usual outfit. Instead, he was dressed in surfer riding gear. In this weather? I, I wanted to beat Howe's high score on, on, on Pony, but, but, but I got knocked off and, and swept away. He explained. Lily sighed and shook her head. Well, where's your bag? She asked. Still outside. Lily opened the door, grabbing the bag off the stairs, before closing, locking it again, shivering from her brief exposure to the storm outside. She held it out to him. Get yourself changed. The bathroom's through the door under the loft. There's some towels in there as well for you to dry off with, she told him. Sun nodded and grabbed the bag off of her the touch of his ice-cold fingers making her flinch and let out a small squeak before he walked away into the bathroom. After he walked into the bathroom, Lily ran over to the professor's bedroom and grabbed the covers off of the bed, pulling them towards the couch in the main room. The love disc in the aquarium next to the couch watched her in confusion as she threw the cover onto the couch. Then she walked over to the kitchen, put the kettle on, adding sugar and coffee into two cups, one for her and one for him. Suddenly, Lily felt something cold touch her shoulder, and she jumped away. Sun was standing next to her, dressed in a blue tank top and white shorts, bag in one hand, his other hand outstretched as if to tap her on the shoulder. Sun, you are still freezing. Go sit down on the couch and wrap yourself in those covers, she ordered. Sun nodded and walked over to the couch while digging in his backpack for something. The kettle finished boiling, and as Lily was pouring the water into the cups, she heard the signature sound of a pokeball opening, and Sun started to whisper. She brought the cups over to the couch, 
and saw who Sun was talking to. Cersei, th this is Lily. Sun said, pointing to his friend. Lily, th this is Cersei. She's helping me warm up. He told her, pointing to the Larvesta, currently snuggling up on his lap. A Larvesta? Son, how on earth did you find a Larvesta? Lily asked in surprise. A traveler on Ula Ula was selling an egg their Volcarona had laid. Put me out about 20,000, but she's so adorable. He explained, his shivering starting to cease now that Cersei was warming him up. Oh. Cersei stopped snuggling Sun for a moment to look at Lily. Are you sure you should have a baby out when you're that cold? She asked warningly. Cersei isn't a baby. I'm pretty sure she's going to evolve soon, and the rest is her fire type, remember? She was fine when we were training on Mount Lanakila, so I'm sure she'll be fine with me. Sun reassured Lily. Why were you trying to beat House Score on the Mantine Surf anyway? Lily asked as she reached for her coffee as well. He beat my high score this morning, so I figured I could get some practice in on Seraphim since the storm meant the other Mantine surfers wouldn't be out, he explained. But we wiped out badly and got carried away from the course and washed up here. Raph's okay, but I, I don't think we'll be doing that again. Sun tried to joke, only to awkwardly look back at the coffee in his hand to avoid Lily's worried glare. Sun. Lily shook her head and sighed as he took a sip of it. You're an idiot. You know that? Yeah. A thought occurred to him. Do you have any books we can read? He asked. Lily nodded and grabbed the book she had placed on the couch earlier. Sun went to grab the lamp but stopped, suddenly having an idea. Lily and Cersei looked at him in confusion as he dug his way through his bag before pulling out another Pokeball and opening it up. Faro. Sun greeted his Ampharos. Faro, can you use your tail to light up the book for us? Don't use a lot of light. The Ampharos nodded, and a small amount of light was emitted from his tail, enough that it allowed Sun and Lily to read the book together. An hour passed. Or maybe it was only a half hour. Lily wasn't sure. But they had both finished their coffees, and Cersei had fallen asleep, curled up in the corner of the couch. Sun was starting to drift off. Lily gestured to Faro to turn the light off, and the Ampharos complied. Lily placed the book on the table and rested her head against the couch. A few moments later, she felt something move. Sun had fallen asleep and was slowly, ever so slowly, slumping over. She would have ended up giggling had his head not landed on her shoulder. She barely suppressed a squeak of alarm, but he was fast asleep. Lily sat there, now wide awake. She didn't like most people touching her, and the few that she could bear didn't go beyond handshakes. To have someone asleep on her shoulder? She didn't know what to do. She should let him sleep on the couch while she went back to the loft, but she felt odd. Comfortable, to be more exact. There were two times she had felt like this. Once, when they were forced to camp on Executor Island. He'd been holding her hand in their sleep when she'd woken up. There was another time on the altar when he came back from facing Necrozma and had hugged her, talking excitedly about the Ultra Megapolis and Necrozma. But there was no dangerous journey he'd come back from this time, no fear of never seeing each other again. 
just his own stupidity and competitiveness. Sun wasn't really a cuddly person, but he might be embarrassed. But there might not be another chance like this. So Lily made her decision. She carefully moved herself to make herself comfortable. She slept so that Sun could rest without any aches bothering him in the morning. She closed her eyes, the beat of the rain against the walls, the windows comforting her as she started to drift away on the currents of sleep, her friend asleep next to her, the storm raging overhead, ineffective in disturbing their serene world. Whatever happened, come morning, she was glad for a chance to sleep like this. for joining us today. We hope you've discovered some new authors today. Check out our Patreon. We have outtakes, extras, and bloopers. We're accepting submissions. Email us a link to your fanfic at fanramenpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can submit on our website, fanramen.com. This is Lindy. This is Ralph. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you the next, next time you're hungry. This podcast produced by Lindy Day and Ralph Avalon. Sound design and engineering by Kevin Villagestone. Music by Black Ramen. Recorded and mixed in the Black Ramen Studios. <laughs> <laughs>